uh, welcome to another episode of Skits Up Heli Podcast. Uh, today we have a very special show um, because we might or might not have a surprise guest. But um, without, even without a surprise guest, we have a really, really cool uh, guest today. And um, this guy has uh, made some headlines on the YouTubes uh, because of his uh, of his videos recorded by uh, Bill Ann, and also because he actually was able to win a few prizes back in Urcha. But we'll talk all about that. So first of all, let me introduce our crazy Canadian from up north. So uh, Darren, hello. How's it going, eh? Hey. Hey. And uh, hey, hey, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's to start a new thing instead of the old "What's up?" Hey, yes. hey, hey. <laughs> there's actually there's actually something. Uh, uh, when my family came over here, there's there's actually this uh, this guy, uh, you know, Mexican guy that does that. That's hey. <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> nice yeah yeah all yeah. right so um we have without further ado our very special guest uh, jeremy lorenzo so jeremy say hi hello everybody how is everybody doing today awesome doing good still I'm, live I'm glad over I here be part, uh, i'm glad i could be a part of this i'm super excited cool good yes. to have you on yeah it's gonna be a oh. fun ride for sure <laughs> oh yeah absolutely oh yeah Alrighty. So uh, usually, what we do, we'll get started with uh, what have we, what uh, we've been up to lately. So I think that I'll let Darren start, then I'll go, and then Jeremy will go back to you, and then we can segue right into our uh, what we could say is our main topic, which is uh, you know uh, learning more about you. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. All right, Darren. So kick us off. Oh well, there actually isn't a whole lot to tell. So. When we recorded our last podcast, we recorded actually a little bit earlier than normal. And I, so the few days, well, less than a week after that, I headed down to Snohomish, Washington and met up with Augie and a whole bunch of the guys there for the Snohomish Fun Fly, the Cascade Model Helicopter Club's annual Fun Fly that they do in every, in every August like that and had a really good time i only went down for just the day it just was with everything else that i've been doing all the other traveling and holidays i figured no i'm not going to go and do much more than that it's only about an hour and a half drive away anyway so i just went for the day on the saturday and had a lot of fun augie decided he wanted to do a facebook live interview of me which unfortunately meant putting my face on facebook which we don't really need but anyways <laughs> i'm surprised he didn't break the camera but i'm surprised it didn't break the ratings man i mean everyone well, was looking forward to that no <laughs> nobody wanted to see that <laughs> <laughs> and yeah so we did an interview of me but the other thing that we actually did we did a facebook live video on my yardbird helicopter which nice. has Augie put it was like the grandfather of the Payuma and all these other ultralight helicopters that are out there now. You know, this wow. thing was one of the first ones that was super light. It was a 700 size helicopter that weighs only about eight and a half pounds with batteries. 
And so, yeah, we did a close up view of my yard bird, which is actually kind of fun. Uh, you know, mine is, to my knowledge, my yard bird is the last one still flying. There are only wherever five of those helicopters made. So it was kind of cool to be able to do that, anyways, and show it off to people on Facebook. And wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Really nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real cool helicopter. Uh, Jeremy, I don't know if you're on RC Heli Hangout or not. Yes, I am. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, it was on the Hangout where we did it. And, uh, yeah, we we built this helicopter. I think we were figuring, what was it, about 10, 11 years ago, something like that, is when we first came up with this helicopter. And at the time, it was by far the lightest 700-size helicopter out there. And we was also going to be one of the first to be adjustable where you could make it anywhere from a 550 to a 700 size helicopter just by changing your tail boom and a couple other minor things. And yeah. And then the other thing was our, at that time, Align was really pushing their DFC heads. And of course, one of the big things with their, that they did with the DFC head was they lowered the head in order to get the center of gravity up higher. And we, rather than lower the head, we decided to go and raise all the weight up higher and get the center of gravity up higher. And in my, in my opinion, that is still something that hasn't been done yet of very well anyways or at least not as well as we did because we got our batteries mounted much higher and all kinds of things to raise the center of gravity and man it's still my favorite helicopter to fly i just scared to crash it because i'm running low on parts for it (laughs) (laughs) i understand you 1000 (laughs) percent. yeah yeah so anyone run this by me again you said there's only five in the world there's only five of them that were ever made yes wow so wow, yeah amazing. and to my knowledge mine is the only one left still flying wow it's a lot of so. pressure on you i bet when you fly <laughs> when you plug <laughs> in the battery and i bet it's a lot of pressure <laughs> that's why i don't fly it very often anymore i don't want to crash the darn thing i i do have spare parts that i could probably i can fix most crashes but i'm running really low on my spare parts so okay but okay uh, sounds good yeah so anyways and i actually do have one frame that uh, one complete frame that i will probably never fly i'll keep it just more for posterity's sake and you know my own personal unfortunately the helicopter never went to market right we had five of them they were all prototypes and it never went to market because we still had a few more little minor issues and glitches that we need to needed to fix before we went to market with it so i've told the story on the podcast many times before though so people are already probably uh getting bored already (laughs) (laughs) anyways yeah so that's what uh, i did on the week after we recorded last and then other than that i've been doing a little bit of flying at home at the the field at my home field there a little bit but uh, that's getting fewer and fewer less and less often partially because of you know the usual bs that i've talked about all year long with transport canada but mostly also it's getting to be the rainy season out here in the west coast of canada near vancouver it's just starting to rain more and more and more and uh, when that happens i get a lot less flying outside so uh, it's just yep. part of what happens. So we are hoping to get started on our indoor season here 
Oh, well, actually, by the time people hear this, we probably will have started our indoor flying already. We haven't started as of recording today, but uh, by the time this comes out, our indoor probably will have started flying. So I'll probably be doing that. And yeah, I think that's pretty much about it for me. I got to go and I got to go and do some maintenance on my helicopters. My logo... I didn't actually get to say this on our last recording, but I, when I went to Urcha, I brought my Logo 690 and my Spectre V2, and my Logo ended up developing a bit of a problem with the tail. And I haven't actually ordered any of the replacement parts for that. So my Logo actually has not been flying. And my Spectre is still flying really well, but it's starting to develop a bunch of squeaks and, and whatnot. And I think it's probably time to just pull it apart and do some winter maintenance on it. But uh, I just want to fly it for now. <laughs> <laughs> you got to end the season off right. Yeah, pretty much. Once, the, Maybe once through. indoor starts. Maybe once indoor starts. Oh, so Absolutely. Just tell the helis to pull through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I think that's, that's about it. Good. Javier, really what about you? Well, um, it's been it's been a I guess you could say a roller coaster ride for me uh, in the, in the past month. So I had two major events, both of which actually uh, Jeremy was there as well. Yep, um, yep. So the first one was um, the uh, Chi Town event, which actually Jeremy is that your home field? Um, really, it's not my home field. You know, I fly at a private field. But, you know, I, I usually try to head out there as often as I can. But, yeah, it's 50-50, really. You know, if I really want to go to a club and um and hang out with the guys and stuff, yeah, that's really where I go. Okay. Okay, got it. Okay. Yeah. So, um, well, I, I went there to a fun flight. You know, uh, Rico and everyone that, 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 uh, that does that fun flight, they do a fantastic job. Um, it's always a very fun event. But I ended up really, really, really frustrated. And I was uh, I was really cranky that day uh, because the problem was that, you know, I've been having issues with with the Neo basically all season long. I've been trying to get it to a point where, uh, you know, I feel comfortable with the helicopter and I had not reached that point. So, you know, I've been trying to tune it. I've been trying to change a few parts here and there, try to make tweaks. Um, I've asked a whole bunch of people and, uh, you know, I've got, I've gotten a lot of, you know, uh, you know, as always in this hobby, I've gotten a lot of help from a lot of people, but we haven't been able to pinpoint the issue, right? You're talking about your tail wag? Yes. I'm talking about the tail wag. Yep. I remember. <laughs> yeah. I even, I even tried to, uh, to, um, look around see if anybody knew, but yeah, that was just. Everybody kind of like the people that I talked to, they were just going off of kind of like the same thing. You know, did you check your tail casing? And then, of course, your gains. Did you ever like check your gains and stuff? But nobody like, I don't know. Yeah, that was a really weird problem, Javier, that you were having. Yep. So, um, so you know, I was, I was getting really, 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 really frustrated. I even got to the point where I was even considering changing Flyberless altogether because I was, I was, I was like, I'm too dumb to, to to figure out vivar <laughs> you know i i just i just can't you know i i yeah. maybe maybe it's not for me or i mean i didn't know i was i was really really frustrated um because you know the the you know that i don't have as much time to fly 
especially, you know, lately, you know, things in life have changed and I have even less and less time. So, uh, you know, whenever I go to fly, I just want to enjoy it. You know, I, I, I usually use the winter season to do all my training, to do all my simulator, to, you know, to try to progress and to try to learn new stuff. But when I go to the field, I just want to have fun. You know, even if I don't do everything that in theory I think I can do, even if I can do, if it, even if I just do things that I'm comfortable with, as long as I'm having a good time, you know, that's fine, right? You know, as long as my helicopters go up, I fly them, I enjoy them, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy. Even if I'm not progressing, even if I'm not, you know, trying a new maneuver or whatever, you know, I'm fine. But I felt like I was even worse than last season, you know, because the last time that I flew with Spirit, before I changed to VVAR, I was starting to fly backwards inverted circuits. And and I haven't been able to manage that because every time that I try that on, on VVAR, you know, I just don't feel it. It's like being completely disconnected from the helicopter uh, because of the tail. So, you know, I, I, I just couldn't do it, you know, I, and, I was, and I was really getting frustrated. I was very, very hopeful that, you know, at that fun fly, um, I could find a pro pilot that could help me to, you, you know, or at least an experienced pilot or maybe someone that flies Beaver a lot that maybe can point me in the right direction and tell, tell me, you know, you're doing this wrong. You know, I was hoping that it was something really stupid, right? Because consistently the same thing was happening to all my helicopters, um, being the KC the worst. So I was like, you know, really frustrated. It was not working. Nothing was working. Um, I met up with Kenny Hutton from A-Main and at, the, at that event. And he spent a whole bunch of time. And, you know, if he listens, you know, big, big thank you. Um, because he spent a whole bunch of time with me and not flying, you know, just trying to troubleshoot it. You know, changing the tail rod, tra tail rod length, tail push rod length, checking the settings. You know, he doesn't fly VVAR, but he still wanted to help, you know. You know, as, as, as again, you know, as I say over and over again, you know, all the people in the hobby uh, that just have that spirit of helping out, right? So he just wanted to help. So he just you know, okay, let's do this and let's do that, let's do that and let me help you. And, you know, if you didn't bring pliers, I have pliers, let's check it, you know, just being overall, you know, good guy in the hobby, right? But it was not working and I was really, really frustrated. Then to top things off, as if that wasn't bad enough, you know, we spent a whole bunch of time working on the 500 until we actually got the tail push shot length, you know, just right to to a little bit of an angle to have a little bit of torque you know uh, you know we spent a, a great deal of time trying to tune that and trying to get the the endpoints again and everything so when it came time to fly i uh, it was this this was the 500 sport the the, the one that we were testing this on so the, every all the flight stations were busy so we went to like a far end of the field i was just going to do a hover and those quick quick punch outs that i do just to test if the tail was was still not not holding I flip off throttle hold and nothing happens. You know, the helicopter doesn't start spooling up. So I said, uh, okay, so maybe there's something wrong. You know, we tried everything. You know, it's not just not working. So, okay, unplug, unplug the battery, replug the battery, change the battery, nothing. Turn off the radio, turn off the, ra turn, turn on and off the radio. Nothing happened. That helicopter just decided to not start to spool up at all. Oh, um, so. I, I, I was, you know, 
in, in, in an increasing level of frustration. Now, one of my helicopters, <laughs> the ESC just decided yeah, to really. die. Yeah, really. So, so it was like, oh my gosh, I was, I was so upset, so upset, so upset. So, um, ended up, um, you know, I, you know, between, 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 of course, between, between the group, you know, Frank, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's the admin of the RC Heli Hangout. So, and, you know, on a bunch of teams. So he knows a whole bunch of people and he's on the Mikado team and whatever. So I asked him and he said, you know, Ron Thomas is, is, you know, the, the main support guy for, for Mikado USA. So that's the guy you should be talking to. So I didn't get the, the, you know, I don't have Facebook, so I, I didn't have a way to contact him. And in the end, it turns out that he's laughing still on Helifrick. So I sent yes. him a, a, so I sent him a PM. He replied back. He called me and he said, you know, my, you, you know, you know, let's, let's just do this on the phone. Okay. So he called me and he said, okay, the very first thing you need to do, you need to recalibrate your, 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 your radio. I said, okay. So we went through the settings of the radio and it was a little bit off. It had like minus four and, you know, some of the calibration settings were off. So, so he said that this is the very first thing that you have to do. So let's recalibrate your, your radio. Okay. So I did all these sticks recalibration. He showed me how we did it, you know, live while he was on the phone. And then he said, well, now you need to get your, your, your endpoints to the point where, you know, they're not too far together. They shouldn't be more than 10 points apart. Because I've been, of course, uh, trying to, to, to do different things, right? Um, at one point, I tried to, uh, you know, fold the blades to, to see that they were, you know, at zero pitch. And then setting that, uh, 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 setting my endpoint so that that zero pitch was center, which actually threw them off a little bit. So, you know, I've tried a whole bunch of things. But in the end, he said, you know, you just have to make sure that doesn't matter what just make sure that you go all the way to one side until the servos start buzzing push it back one you know two points which is you know it jumps from two in in two and two points so jump back two points do the same thing on the other side two points and, and modify your pu your your push tail road length until uh when that happens you are not over 10 points apart from each other so i reworked the helis and um and i made that and they were like, you know, I think that there are four points. The, the, the one that I couldn't get more, you know, the, the, the smallest difference I could get was four points. And then he said, uh, which we talked about, um, Darren as well. He, he told me, okay, now you have to do a tail optimizer flight. Mm, so what yeah. I did before was that I did, I, I did the tail, the tail optimizer flight, but I thought, of course, that was my mistake. Again, me being dumb that. The only thing that they did, because that's the only thing, that's the only change that I saw on the radio, that it only modified the two numbers that basically give it kind of like more strength on, on one side of the torque than the other. Yeah, no, so, it doesn't um, do that. Yes, that I th and I thought that that was the only thing that, I, that it did, because that's the only change that I saw, right? So the only thing that I did was I got it up high, I started doing pyros, I stopped the tail. And then I started doing pyros in the other direction. I stopped the tail because I thought that, that that was all that it was doing, right? Kind of like recentering the tail, right? And, and that's kind of like mm -hmm. all I thought it was doing. But he said, no, okay. you have to fly your regular flight with the tail optimizer on. Yes. And then yes. you told me, Darren, that you need to do actually a bunch of flights, two or three flights, yes. um, you know, with the tail optimizer on. Yeah. And I said, okay, let's, let's try it. 
So you know, at this point, I have nothing to lose, right? <laughs> at this point, I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm all of, out of ideas, full of frustration, and I said, okay, let's just try it, you know. So I I took my hel- I took all my helis, I modified all the push tail rod lengths. Uh, you know, the, the transmitter was calibrated, so that only needed to be done once. But for each hel- helicopter, I I readjusted the tail push rod length, and I got my my tail because I have. I had been, of course, playing a lot with with the settings. So what I did was also that um, I I fly always on bank three. I never use any other bank. So basically, my bank two and my bank one are my default settings. So the only thing that I do is that I switch to bank two and I see what was the setting on one parameter. Then I switch it back to bank three and then I modify it so that I I you know manually reset everything back to let's say factory settings, right? So. So that's what I did, and uh, I went off to my um, my other fun flight, which was my last fun flight of the year, which was this weekend, and I went to you know to test this concept out, right? So I get the 420, and I turned the tail optimizer, and I also te- you know for your, from your suggestion there, and I also turned on the head optimizer, and cool. um, and and I I started flying, and all of a sudden the heli started feeling. Right, <laughs> you know, like I <laughs> yeah. was like, uh, this helicopter is starting to feel like very, very well, you know. Yep. So I started I flying. The, yeah, I started doing that flight, and I said, "Oh my gosh!" I mean, it feels really good. I mean, I don't know what's 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 going on, but it feels really, really good just with that. So okay, so I tried a few things. I started, you know, pushing my 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 confidence level, pushing my limits. Uh, still not trying anything new, but you know pushing to where I know I can push. And, uh, and I said, uh, this feels fine. This feels controllable now. I feel, I start feeling that connection with the helicopter again. Okay. So I, I, I land the 420 and I said, uh, this feels nice. So, you know, I turn, I turn off the optimizers and then I say, okay, next helicopter. So next helicopter is the, is the 570. And I think that's when you arrived, Jeremy, that, uh, yeah. that you saw that, that first flight on, on the yeah. 570. And yes, you know, know, it was it was good. <laughs> it was yeah, it was flying really good, man. I mean, I, it, oh, yeah. it felt really good. I, I was again connected with with the helicopter. I was starting to feel confident to do my funnels again because you know, also funnels felt we- very weird with the tail the way it was. Uh, I just yeah, noticed yeah. that uh, I needed to make a few tweaks to the gains. I made you know very fine, you know, like five points only to the gain. And that's it, you know, and, and again, you know, land and oh my gosh, that helicopter nice. feels good. Nice. And then yeah, it's amazing. time for the big guy. <laughs> so oh, yeah. it's, I, I, I get I, the I KSC out. <laughs> yes. One, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Hey, Javier, quick question. So yeah. um, about the, the optimizer, I'm, uh, I think, as you know, I'm a, a Futaba. There are, I don't think you knew this, but I fly a Futaba 16IZ. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know much about the V control and stuff, but the tail optimizer, um, how does that really work? So like you have to do a normal flight and then at the end of the flight, it'll like do little tweaks or does it do it during the flight? It does, does it during work? the flight. It does yeah. it during the flight. Um, basically what it does is that it, you know, uses, you know, all the intelligence of the flyer uh, of all the sensors of the flyerless to measure, you know, what's happening to the helicopter uh, in, in, uh, in response to your stick inputs. 
and it okay. basically automatically tunes the, the 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 tail and the head by itself. Basically, it's wow. what it does. Okay. It doesn't yeah, tune you know, everything. Would... It, it doesn't, doesn't tune, tune everything. Everything. It only turn. It only tunes a couple of settings, and you can actually manually tune those settings as well if you would like. But to be honest, most of the time, if you just turn on the auto optimizer for a few flights, then ninety percent of the time that's going to get you really darn close or just about per or just about exactly right yes and, okay. uh, and that's for both the head and the tail you have that auto optimizer but yep. you can yep. do it all manually if you'd like to as well but for the most part generally just do the the auto and it, it, it will like especially like an average joe like javier and i like i don't know javier if you really noticed that it was doing that the flight or that the helicopter was reacting slightly different throughout the flight when you yes. have the auto optimizer turned on. Yep. Yep. Sometimes you notice it, sometimes you don't. Generally, at the at the when you first turn it on, you'll notice more of a difference. And then as you start to fly a little more consistently and 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 so on and so forth, then the auto optimizer needs to make less changes, and so then it it's not doesn't change the helicopter's flying as much, but generally they do it is probably a good practice to turn the auto optimizer off again but in, even yes. then as your flying style changes and whatnot through you know later on it's not a bad idea to go through and turn the auto optimizer on again for a few flights again too so yeah 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 and okay. i think that jeremy saw that as well um jeremy yes, on the on the ksc on the tiktoks you know, you you could see it. I mean, the first time that I started doing those fast TikToks, you could see that the tail was moving. The second time that I did them, the tail was just staying there. Didn't oh move. yeah, no, I I saw the whole thing. Yup, yeah, I, I was I actually told you about that. I was like, you know, I saw the when you were doing your nose down funnels. The first one looked a little uh like the heli was doing something to it, but then when you did them again, even faster, the heli just looked locked in, and then that had me surprised because um. So actually at Earsham, I just found out with my, a good buddy of mine, Ernie, uh, Alba Garcia. I, I don't know if you guys know him. But, uh, I know um, who he is. Yes. Yes. So he, uh, we were setting up a heli of his and he told me, he was like, yeah, this the heli right now. I'm just keeping it at a hover and, uh, in a hover. Cause it's doing it's like self optimizing. I was like, wait, what do you mean? He was like, yeah, it's just setting itself right now. I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, V control. That's what I'm that's what they do. And that was the first time I've ever heard about that. And then slowly, like when I go to more events and stuff like that, I see people use it and it just became super cool to me. I was like, man, you know, like I've never actually seen something like that because, yeah. um, the Futabas, they don't, they don't do that. And I was like, man, I just never, I've never seen something like that. I just found that, uh, about that V control does that, that earship. And it's just always been on my mind, you know, and every time I see somebody do it, like for instance, Javier, when I saw you doing it, it was just really cool to me how, like the the fly bar list does tweaks and, and stuff like that for you. And you just do a normal flight. Yeah. And that, I really, that really amazed me. You know, I, I've never seen anything like that, but yeah, that was, that was one thing that I really liked. The, the, the only thing is like I was saying, Javier earlier, like Javier said earlier, you don't just do hover and a few pirouettes. You actually have to fly. You're flying. Yes. Do your normal, yes. normal flying when you're running the auto optimizer. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. So, but yeah, that anyways. was really cool. And, and Javier, yeah, I really noticed that. I wanted to tell you, I really noticed your helis, especially the 420. The 420, out there, man, that thing was just humming all over the place. It was just so smooth. 
And then the KFC came along and that was just, oh my goodness. Those, it was, those two, it was crazy what the, what the V control did with them. It really looked like it, it really gave it that boost that it needed. Yes. Yes. It, it was, I mean, I, I was not aware that it was so advanced to be honest with you. I mean, yeah. um, I, I was, I, I, no one, n no one really, you know, you know, I guess everyone assumed, you know, that I would be doing that. Right. But no one had really, you know, Ron is very good at like walking you through every step. Right. And he told me, Hey, do these, do these, do these, do these, and do, and do these, and do this this way. And then let's talk, you know, if that doesn't work, Then we'll see what happens. But first, do this and this and this. You know, run through the very basics. Um, because also, you know, um, and uh, I think uh, I told Steve, uh, Steve about the calibration. He said well, the calibration, yeah, but it's just it's kind of like a basic step, right? You know, you have to start from the beginning, making sure that everything is correct, that the that the flyerless can work on because it works off of your stick inputs and off of what it's getting as feedback from the sensors. So. If your stick inputs are all wrong because it's improperly calibrated, it's not going to do its job properly. So, you know, it, every step of the way, everything had to be done that way. And then this thing can just basically automatically tune itself, which was, was, was pretty amazing. And, um, I felt, I, I felt, you know, so happy, man. So happy. I, it, it, I went from, you know, being completely frustrated and almost throwing the towel. To having the biggest freaking smile on my face at the end of the of, of those flights. <laughs> yes, you know? yes. I know exactly. Yes. I, Javier, I can tell you something right now. I know exactly that feeling. Whenever, whenever it's my turn, you know, and, I, and explain my story, I, I know exactly the feeling, Javier. Trust me, I know. I, I 100% get you on that. Love it. Love yeah, it. yeah. I'm finally, I'm finally free, man. Uh, now I have to buy an ESC, but I don't care. I don't care because you know I had I had fun. I had a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it was it was a great event. Um, it was everything that I wanted. You know, it was a very small event, so I could just get flight after after flight after flight after flight. You know, and I was even I you know uh, I don't know, man. It was it was just just, just so cool. Um, I'm just so happy. I can't get over it. It it was it was like experiencing the hobby for the first time. You know, because it's been so long. That I that, yep. that I haven't been feeling, you know, I've been feeling nothing but frustration. You know, just when when you get started and you are crashing all over the place and you cannot do anything and you're just buying parts and then you don't know what you're doing and you re reassemble. You know, so now that everything works, you know, it's like 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 you know, the, the hobby is fun again. You know, like in, I'm really enjoying the hobby. So it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I I. Uh, I, I, I was, I was, you know, um, I was with, with a big smile on my face and, uh, you know, Jeremy helped me, um, video a few of my flights, you know, he can, he can attest that I had a big freaking smile when I finished those flights. I was, <laughs> I was really happy. Oh, absolutely. Like anybody should. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's yeah. just a little unfortunate. It's happening so close to the end of the season, but it's still awesome. Exciting to hear that. Uh, you're, yeah, I know. You've got. You're so much finally feeling better about how it's long. You were talking to bring up the 700 yet too. The uh, what do you mean the 700? Well, you're about to go and talk about the, when you move to switch to the 700. So you say doing the auto optimizer fixed pretty much all the wobbles oh, on the yes. 700. Yeah, too? Yeah, yeah, I mean it. It flew fantastic. <laughs> I mean it, it. It finally flew of how 
how I've always expected that heli to fly. You know, the first time that I flew it, it felt nice, you know, because mm -hmm. I, w I was babying it. I was, I, was, I was flying it very, very carefully. I had just built it. Uh, you know, I was a little bit nervous, but, and I was flying it very, very, very conservatively, you know? Um, so, so I enjoyed it. You know, the, the very f first few times that I flew it, uh, when I made it, you know, I enjoyed it. I said, oh, this feels nice. You know, it's big, has presence. It's nice. When I started pushing it, I started to feel, uh, this is not right. This is, something's not, not right. And now, I mean, after this past weekend, I feel like now this, this is why 700s are cool. You know, this is, this nice. is what a, what a goblin 700 three blade hates should feel like, <laughs> you know, it, it was amazing. You know, the sound it did, uh, you know, when you pull those funnels, you know, the tail, how screamed the, how, f how strong the collective is. I was doing like super fast TikToks. Uh, I mean, it was just like, it was, it was really fun. It, I, I immensely enjoyed it. It is, it is finally, finally, finally getting to be. Now I understand why people love 700s, you know? So, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yep. Yep. I oh, know exactly that's awesome. That's that awesome. awesome. Yeah. It's about yes. time. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's been, it's been a while. It's been a while, man. It's been a while and it's been a, a bumpy ride. But I'm, fami I'm finally there. I'm finally there. And, uh, you know, I have to thank a whole bunch of people that, that helped me. You know, Frank, you, Steve, uh, Kenny, uh, you, know, ev you know, everyone that, that helped me, encouraged me, uh, gave me tips. Um, you know, everyone that, you know, I'm, I, you know I, there's too many names to mention. And, of course, I'm going to forget half of them. But, um, but, you know, and Ron. Yes, and Ron, of course. You know, this, this, this hobby is great because of that, you know. So it, it, it's, it's like, I'm like, I feel like a, like a, like a kid, you know, enjoying, en enjoying things for the first time. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy. The hobby, the hobby is amazing. The people in the hobby are amazing. The, the helicopters flew as I dreamed they would be flying. You know, as I had them in my head, you know, I told the helicopter what to do and it did it. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's what I wanted. And, uh, and I, I was so happy being connected with that machine and, uh, Finally. you know, being with friends and, you know, at the event, everyone, you know, just, just saying, Oh, just, just, just being in awe with the flights. And I was, you know, showing off and, you know, doing, uh, I like to do that. Um, I come high inverted and then I just push the collective so that, uh, you know, closer, closer to the, to the flight line so that, it really pushes the air and it sounds, you know, that pop sounds a lot. Um, you know, when we, when you get there, you know, when I did that with a five cent, the first time it was like, Oh my gosh. And you know, so things like that. I mean, it was, it was just amazing. It was just amazing. A very, very fun time and, uh, very excited for, for next season. Cause now I, I have, you know, stuff to look forward to. I know that it's not me that, that I'm not a complete, uh, failure in the hobby <laughs> you know i know that at least i can i can fly uh that it's not completely me you know it is me because because i didn't uh i didn't do things actually properly you know from the setup point of view but you know it i actually i actually see that i can actually you know do the things that i had in my head to do so yeah i'm i'm very much looking forward to uh to next season fixing the 500 getting the the kraken uh online and uh, you know just 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 having fun and uh, i hope that next year i have the time to attend to a whole bunch more events 
and uh, just uh, enjoy the hobby, man. Enjoy the hobby. Well, the season isn't completely done yet. There's, there's still more opportunity to fly it. But for some, well, for some guys, yes. the season never ends. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Yes. Oh, I see. Oh, I see people all the time flying in the snow. They'll actually like if I the do. snow is super hot. If the snow is super tall, they'll actually like shovel a little square so they can oh, yeah. take off and land. Yeah, season sometimes never ends. <laughs> I I have flown in the snow many times, many times. I know what it's like to fly in the snow. You know, um, since uh, I'm Puerto Rican, and I, I'm not a big fan of the snow. I live out here in Illinois, so we get quite a bit of snow also. No wonder and, you, you know, and I, Javier I get along. <laughs> 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 you both hate so, the snow. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of the snow. You know, I like the heat, get in, uh, get in the sun. You know, it's always fun. You, you can always do something. And oh, But, yuck. you know, uh, flying... <laughs> but flying in the snow, um, I do that a lot with my, uh, like my goose guy, or I used to do it a lot with my OMP and I had this thing where, uh, my dad actually bought this for me where you could put the radio inside and it keeps your hands warm. The transmitter glove. But, yep. uh, Those things yes, are the awesome. Transmitter glove. Yep. I use, uh, I use that, you know, if whenever, you know, I get the itch that, Oh man, I need to fly something. <laughs> I need to fly outside. <laughs> Can't keep sending. <laughs> I need to fly something in real life. So yeah, I'll use that here and there. But, but yeah, you know, I, 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 uh, I'm not a big fan of the snow, but I, I do like sometimes flying because if you fly a little low to the snow, I like the cloud when you actually like yes. jump down and then it makes like a cloud kind of like going outwards. Yes. It's pretty cool. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. No, actually I need to get a new transmitter glove. My transmitter glove is all busted now. I've had it for years and I need to buy a new one yet. So like, yeah, mine, mine, be ready uh, for the winter. The one that my father got me, I think it's from, I want to say Hobby King, actually. Probably. It was, a, it, it was about 40, 40 bucks, I want to say. And yeah, you can connect like a, do you know the portable packs like to charge phones and stuff? The ones yep. with USB? Yeah, yep. you just connect that and it has a little heater inside of it. Oh, you got the one with the like heater. Wow. You got the fancy one. I got the basic <laughs> one. I've got the, because Hobby King's got a couple of them. That's where mine is too, is a Hobby King one. And okay. Mine was just the the large. They had a large and a small one. And when I first bought mine, actually, they did not have the one with the heater heater in it. That was was not available. But with mine, yeah, I bought the large one, and so it's got a great big massive piece of plastic over top, so you can actually see everything in your radio really nicely. And yes, yes, mine has the same thing. The, the biggest thing, in my opinion, that's important with those things is just that it keeps the wind off of your fingers and as long yeah. as you can keep the wind off your fingers and then what i do is i'll go to a place like walmart or uh, up here in canada we have a store called canadian tire which is kind of similar and get those little little hot hot pack things where you you shake them up and they get warm and i'll put throw oh, one warmers. of those inside there warmer. yeah those little hand warmer things and i'll throw those inside the inside the transmitter glove and man, it works awesome. The other thing too, we actually started a couple of guys in our club. They bought propane heaters that actually sit on top of a propane tank. And we just have those sitting at the flight, at the flight station. And that's pointed oh, at wow. your fingers too. And then you don't even need the transmitter glove anymore. And oh, that wow. works really well too. Yeah. You can buy, it was like 30 bucks to buy this little cheap propane thing that just literally just screws onto the big propane tanks. And you just, just see, I think it even has its own built-in igniter 
into it and they'll go for all pretty much all day without a problem on uh you know on a regular barbecue propane tank and it, okay. they throw out a decent amount of heat off to over you know to, and just keeps your fingers nice and warm while you're flying and it works really well so, wow I've never, I've never actually seen that before or somebody oh, yeah. used that or yeah oh wow i didn't know that was actually a thing yeah, I've even cool, heard of some clubs. I've even heard of some clubs that'll actually build almost like a little shelter. Uh, if you take, and I've been, I've talked about doing this myself, going buying, I think it's two inch PVC pipe, and you just build a frame and then just put a tarp, staple a tarp around all the back and the sides, but leave the front open. So you can, you know, walk into it and then you have the propane heater set up at your face and in front of you pointing at you and the shelter will help hold a little bit of the heat in. It'll also keep the wind off of you and they work awesome to, for flying in the wintertime. They work fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I've tried, um, I've tried flying with like, without any of the, um, the, uh, the radio, the radio holder, you know, that keeps your hand warm and stuff. Yep. And glove. The, the biggest problem for me is just that my fingers lock up super easy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that that's pretty, but that's, that's really nice. I never, I've never seen anything like that before. I didn't know flying yep. in the winter was such a big, big thing. <laughs> well, when you're in an area that gets lots of snow, you gotta do something, right? <laughs> yeah, you gotta work around it. Yep. Anyways, back to you, Javier. We were interrupting you. Uh, no, that's fine. Um, so uh, that was uh, that was my my experience, and uh, just um, you know, uh, just just to circle back on the snow thing, um, I did fly on the snow before, but I don't do it anymore. Um, you know, I, I don't I I don't do Chicken. cold very well. Was <laughs> yeah no so i, yeah, I, I just I'm wait <laughs> i guess i'm a wuss with him <laughs> it's, maybe it's a good thing that frank isn't on today because frank lives in florida so <laughs> yes oh, yeah. Never have to worry about that yes yep. yeah he, he has to worry he about starts the heat com- <laughs> yeah he's he's the opposite he starts whining complaining when it gets down to about 50 degrees uh fahrenheit and i'm sitting there going man that's when i finally start to feel comfortable is when it gets down to about 50 fahrenheit <laughs> I, yeah uh, I, you know once you go like through a whole season of snow and then yeah it hits 50s oh man you think it's summer outside already <laughs> yep. you're like why are the trees blooming already what the heck <laughs> yep yeah it was uh oh yeah it was quite funny. I'm, at, you know, at Urcha this year, in my opinion, it was way too hot at Urcha this year. Way too cooking hot for me. And I'm seeing guys like Frank wearing long sleeves and light j- and jackets in the evenings. And I'm going, man, I'm still sweating and I'm in a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, for me, I thought, I thought Urcha was, the weather was perfect. Oh, it was, it was too perfect. hot. Perfect. It was, it was way too perfect. hot. No, it was way too hot. <laughs> oh, well. Crazy Canadian. Yeah, exactly. I've never claimed to be normal. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So, um, so that's, uh, so that's, uh, that's about it, uh, from me. So I guess that we can just segue into you, into you, Jeremy. So, um, why don't we get a little bit of, um, of the past? So, um, let's, uh, let's begin from the beginning uh, so to speak so so you know how did you get involved in i think that you started with planes first like many pilots do so uh tell us a little bit about you know how you got started into the hobby and how you started getting into helicopters 
and of course uh, you can uh, you, you can uh, finish up with what happened at Urcha, which uh, was uh, pretty darn exciting. So let's let, let's take it back from the beginning. Absolutely, yeah. So um, so I started off with planes. I flew planes for about ten years. I want to say ten to eight years, and so we went to this local picnic at a, a fun fly and after like you know the whole plane show was over and stuff the heli guys came out and i was me and my dad you know we stood and watched and stuff and they were doing these you know cool funnels and flips and then bringing the at like 60 miles an hour fly and me and my dad didn't say anything to each other but we were both thinking the same thing and so when we got home me and my dad, we, we started talking about it and he was like, man, you need to, you should, you, you've been flying helis also. Cause, um, so me, I've always been in the hobby kind of since birth. If I'm being honest with you, I've really been in the hobby since birth. So it was did just your, kind of like, did your dad get you into it? Yes. Yeah. Um, so he did it, uh, in, out in Puerto Rico. And, uh, I was as a baby, I was always watching and stuff. I always, I always wanted to go with him. He always had some planes and stuff I'd watch. And then he started me off on the, like the little Horizon Hobby Park Flyers. Mm, mm-hmm. And man, I, I would trash those things. I was just always crashing and that kind of caught the <laughs> yes. hang of it. And then, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so, yeah, I was always trashing those things. And one day, I mean, I kind of just like, I downloaded a phone game. You guys are going to laugh. I downloaded an RC phone game. And I start, and I just caught an addiction off of it, you know, like RC. I was like, man, I want to get good at this. And I, yeah, and then I started practicing and practicing and stuff. Every weekend, we would start flying. And then, yeah, you know, my grandpa, he invited us out to the, the event that I was talking about, the picnic. And, yeah, we were just watching the, uh, the heli guys fly. And we, we were like, man, we, we, should, we should get into this. And so then the heli experience started there. and. This was about, I, I want to say I just broke my two-year mark. This was about two years ago. And we were in the basement and we were talking, you know, just about helis and the videos and stuff. And then my dad was like, do you want to try like getting into like the 3D stuff? And I was like, absolutely. I mean, why not? And so he actually bought me this little Nano S2. The S3 wasn't out at the time from Horizon Hobby, the Blade. I think you guys might know it, right? The, the yes. blue little helicopter. Yeah, yes. so I started off on that indoors in my basement, and oh my goodness, I was hitting everything you can imagine <laughs> with that thing. <laughs> oh my goodness, it was it was just unbelievable. And then one day, um, the wind outside because you know that thing it weighs absolutely nothing, and so like you cannot fly it with wind or or nothing. It has to be dead calm. And so one day it, it was dead calm, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna practice outside. And, you know, I started getting my flips and, and then one day I actually learned to control the heli upside down and then it kind of just took off from there. You know, that's, that's really it. it. It really just took off and yeah. And then I, and then let me tell you, let me tell you how here and, and, and Daryl, you know, it really grew from there. I just caught an addiction from this hobby. It was just addicting. I was always every day. If I wasn't wrenching flying or practicing on the sim i don't know what i was doing I, every day i was doing <laughs> one of those three. i nice. promise you guys i'm not lying to you 
I was doing one of those three. My mom even was like, you know, there's other things to do, right? I was like, oh, yeah, there is. But I don't <laughs> want to do it, though. <laughs> and, I was just, and yeah, it was kind of like it just kept growing and growing. And then I got invited out to Earshow last year for my first time. And then I, um, I got to just practice and practice. And then, yeah, you know, it, it, the, it really just slowly grew and then every day i was telling javier javier i think you know about this i told you that like i was i used to practice for about five hours every day on a simulator and wow. then, yeah every day every day my dad he you we would i'd wake up brush my teeth you know my morning routine then go straight to the computer and i was always playing on the simulator always and I wouldn't try anything in real life until I mastered it into um until I mastered it in the simulator. And so I think that's what really helped me out because I really I the only dumb thumb moment I've had was an Earsha and that was my only crash. Hmm. I've never crashed a heli just from me being, you know, I've never actually crashed before. So Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's really what helped me out. I just but yeah, that's where, you know, the story began. I just kind of always been practicing and always watch. And then a, another big thing is, you know, I, I always watched like Nick Maxwell, Kyle Stacey, Burt Cameron, Duncan Bossian, another one, bad influence. Because the guy just wants to, <laughs> he makes you want to smack the heli, man. Super close, <laughs> super low to the ground. <laughs> yeah, th- those guys are bad influences, but. Who cares? <laughs> and yeah, I, I was always, I would always watch their flights. I kind of knew every single maneuver because I rewatched their flights over and over. And then I'd, I'd kind of grab stuff out of there and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to practice this. And yeah, it just kind of turned into a thing where, you know, you just sit down, practice, and then yeah. Cool. But like I said, you know, it's really, it, it's really time consuming, you know, just to catch on. Take it. I think the biggest thing is a lot of people try to rush to learn maneuvers and stuff, but it really does not end out well. And so I think the biggest thing is just really take your time, learn, learn heli and, and learn your, you know, your, your limits, learn how low you can fly, how high you can fly, you know, their speed. And I feel like you'll progress, you know, pretty fast by doing that. Well, question when you were flying, you say you started with airplanes Yes. Were you doing a lot of 3D aerobatics with the airplanes too or not? Um, I did a lot more of a... So I... um, Let me think. I did a lot of nitro to start off. I did a lot of nitro and then I went on to the apprentice. And I practiced a lot. And then, yeah, it kind of... I really got into into a love... For the speed planes, you know, I always love the speed, you know, doing low oh, passes, okay. super fast, but kind of towards the end, kind of right before I caught on to helis. Yeah, I was getting into um, 3D, like, you okay. know, trying to practice like knife edges and then slowly going into hovers. I was starting to practice that type of thing. So, yeah, yeah, you can say I was doing a little bit of 3D, but nothing crazy, though. I was just okay. kind of like a knife edge, some rolls, and that was pretty much it. Because I, I th- how much do you feel your airplane flying helped you with your helicopters? Um, in, in the sense of scale flying, 
I think it did help a lot because, you know, when you, it's kind of like the same stick maneuvers, you know, left turns left on the heli, when you pull back, the nose goes up. So it's kind of like the same thing. The only thing is you add a tail to it. But for 3D, you know, you really, or for me, you know, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, I kind of really started from zero with doing 3D on helicopters. But from planes to helis, just doing scale flying or sport, I think, I think anybody can catch on to it. It's not really that hard. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to remember, Javier. Did have you flown airplanes before? No, not at all. No, because I started with helicopters as well before I ever got into airplanes. Also, and I've heard a lot of people. In fact, I was listening to an old. Uh, I've been going through a bunch of the old "All Things That Fly" podcasts. I've started way back from the very first episode, and I think I'm at about a episode. What was it? One twenty or one thirty? Right now is what I'm at right now. And, you know, of course, these are back, this is from, you know, early two th- or late 2000s is when that podcast was coming out. And they were sort of thinking that it's probably better to start with airplanes. And I'm like, well, I, yes and no. And that's why I wonder, because I do feel that airplanes did help me with some stuff. Like, for example, with a helicopter, it's very, you know, you're taught to learn how to hover. And hover in all the in all the different orientations, but with an airplane, you can't necessarily do that. Like you know, you have to fly that airplane back towards you, whether you like it or not. You have to yes. fly that airplane back towards you, so it forces you to learn a little bit of the nose in stuff a little bit more than what it does with a helicopter. And I yes. do think that my airplane flying actually did help some of my some of my helicopter skills. Not everything. But, and, but the other way it also happened, like, you know, so many airplane guys, I know so many airplane guys that have flown for, you know, 30, 40 years, and they basically still don't really know what to do with the rudder stick. You know, they're just <laughs> mostly bank and yank. Whereas with yep. a helicopter, that forces you to learn how to fly with your rudder, especially with a head- modern heading hold gyros, you need to work, learn how to fly with a rudder. And so yeah. it, I think they can both benefit each other in some ways. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because so when I was flying planes, I was also using the like the TJ Maxx or Walmart RC helicopters. You know, the ones that really don't. Oh, ooh. yeah. If that I, you can ask my parents, that's what I started off. You know, every Christmas I would go through about three of those. I was always crashing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, you know, that's where I, I really started off. You know, planes, and then I was always flying. You know, like the little helicopters, nothing expensive. and and so yeah you know i was kind of doing a little bit of both but a lot more plain it was kind of 95 percent of planes and then the other five was just flying helicopters and doors and stuff did you 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 mentioned that you used the sim a lot did you use the sim for airplanes as well or just for helicopters uh yes yes i did i simmed on real flight for about i want to say two years really but to practice, okay. no, everything, everything that I really learned on planes was all uh, on the field and stuff. And the simulator, somebody gifted it to me and it was kind of just, a, or no, 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 I'm sorry. That was my second one. The, the first the real flight, we bought it and yeah, you know, I just kind of practiced on that. And then I was actually, now that you say that, um, it's bringing back another memory. I actually started flying like helis a little bit on the uh the sim on real flight 
I actually started practicing uh, a little bit like hover, like upside down hovers and stuff like that in the simulator, and then just moving the sticks around also because I didn't know any over like I didn't know any 3D maneuvers, so I was always doing some weird stuff and see how it came out. But but yeah, that I, I did um I did start with real flight with planes, and yeah, that was pretty much it. Cool. What's your sim of choice now? So I use two sims right now. I use AccuRC and HeliX. Okay. Yeah, AccuRC, in my opinion, gives you more of like the real feel of an outdoor experience. Because in real flight, you know, uh, I mean, not real flight, I'm so sorry. In AccuRC, uh, the heli that sometimes bobbles you can actually get control gain and stuff in real flight. So like the tail will lag. So it gives you more of, of a real life experience. But then Heli X, I just started using this. I want to say around last June, I, I, I started using Heli X and Heli X improves your, your like preciseness and stuff. And it teaches you a lot more on, where you don't have to worry about the heli, you can kind of just practice maneuvers. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, so I, I really don't have a sim of choice right now, but I, I do love using Accu and Heliax. You haven't tried Next? I did. I tried the, um, the, the demo, and I wasn't a big fan, actually, unfortunately. Okay. I, w- I wasn't a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, well, Jeremy, I have, I have a question. And now that you mentioned those those four hours, because I know that um, I think that Cal Stacy told us the same thing, you know, that he practiced like four hours every day and day in and day and day out, kind of like what you're doing. But, you know, I guess the question is, how do you stay focused? You know, because I think that most people, myself included, struggle with that, you know? Um, yes. I, it, it's, it's, you know, I mean, I think that most pilots that have a little bit of experience know that they need to drill down on the on the orientations that's the best yes. way to progress right yes. i that think that everyone knows that one. yeah you need to do all your hovers you need to do all your circuits you need to do all your figure eights in all directions you know not just the directions that you feel comfortable in you know so i think that everyone kind of like knows that that's what we should do but you know it's boring. It's boring, and it comes. It comes a time where, in the end, in the simulator, it feels like a video game, right? At one point, so you just, you know, you know that that if you do start doing crazy stuff, it's not going to cost you a penny, right? So you can just crash and mm-hmm. reset. So yep. so you start flying, you know, just just for the fun of it. So how do you how do you remain focused for you know especially such long periods of time? Um. I think it's just like the the thrill of it, you know, learning something new, the adrenaline, and then also like it, it's really how how much you like it. You know, me, I love this hobby to death. I I do not plan to stop doing it. So yeah, I think that's really much it. You know, just really really be committed. You know, if you're committed, then it's kind of bound to fall in in the area of staying focused and and yeah, like what you said, Javier was one hundred percent true. You know, like learning your orientations and stuff in the beginning it is very boring it's not really fun and but it's a step that you have to get through you know before you can actually move on to the next chapter right right Uh, jeremy do you do you 
just fly uh, on on the sim just uh, get onto the computer and start flying or do you use like you know i know that there's people that you know listen to music or try to watch something i tried that at one point in time to like put a netflix show on one side <laughs> and, and and the helicopter on the other to try to force yourself to think uh into time into things because for example you know i see pilots that that you know can be can be doing crazy stuff and talking about it and you know having a regular conversation i have to remain very focused in order to to do what i do but you know do you do you do that or do you just uh, you know just sim or do you force yourself to kind of like do those types of things no i um for me what i do i put my headphones in play some music load up the computer and then yeah just have fun you know i also don't do any of the, like the uh, the training in the sim and stuff like that i just do free flies and just see what i build up in there i i only i think the sim is really really good for muscle memory and learning how to uh what's the word for it like to build the muscle memory and also like to learn how to i want to say progress and try and oh no it builds up your confidence that's what it is it, it really the sim builds up your confidence to try it in real life that that's one thing that's a really big thing yeah yeah okay and one more thing that i think um Uh, Curtis um, also mentioned that I think it's good now that we're on that subject, which is also something that I do. You and you mentioned that you know, usually you don't try or you know actually you don't try something brand new on on real life. I mean you you practice it on this on the sim and until you 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 feel confident with it on the sim, then you move into real life. But one yeah. of the things that I think is also a good piece of advice and and again i heard this from curtis and i think that pr very likely you do it uh, and i'm forcing myself to do it as well is to have kind of like a bailout plan so when you're on the sim and and it's not enough to be able to master a maneuver on the sim but you also have to figure out what you're gonna do if things go wrong because in real life if things go wrong then your helicopter is 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 is, is a piece of of parts going back home right Yes, it is. So, so if you have a, a bailout plan, I mean, if you're trying a particular maneuver, um, if you know that you do certain inputs, then you'll be able to recover at least back to a hover, um, so that so that you don't come back with a crash. Scale. Is that something that you also incorporate into your training, or just you know just the plane maneuver? Javier, this is a really good topic actually, because so this we're going to bring back a little bit the orientations actually. So bailout plan, my bailout plan is, um, I have had sketchy moments in my, in my, you know, years of helis and stuff, but I think you will be fine if you know your orientations. So like, let's say the heli, you, you practice in this maneuver and you get stuck in this one position that you don't know what to do. If you know your orientations, you will be just fine. And that has saved me a lot. That, that really ties in back with the orientations that for me that's always been my bailout because um like i said you know i've had sketchy moments practicing for instance a pyro flip when i was practicing my pyro flips um the pyro flip you know the heli's always spinning it met it it forces you to use every single orientation possible but if you know the basic you know tail in nose out nose to the right nose to the left you should be just fine with with bailouts I think I think knowing your orientations is is probably the best bailout ever. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good point. That's a good point. But uh, but you know, most of us are <laughs> are lazy, and uh, you know, we 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 skip over a whole bunch of stuff. So yeah, what I what I do is to just figure out what I'm gonna do if things go wrong. Like for example, if if you, if if you're going on a funnel and you start losing altitude. Then you know, you know I just need to know which 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 aileron to push to to push the 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 you know to rotor the rotor towards the sky and what uh, side of collective to push to get it away from the ground. You know what I mean? So that that yes. would be kind of like okay. So so getting getting out of there. Of course, you're right. I mean, if you if you know all your orientations in theory, and if you burn them into your muscle memory in theory, that will happen automatically. Uh, if that if that starts to happen, then you're you're automatically going to put your fingers are going to push away from the ground uh, like that. Yeah. But when you're a little bit lazy really... <laughs> and and you don't know all your orientations, <laughs> then yeah, it's uh, sometimes that's what I do, you know, um, because I'm guilty of that, and you know I'm guilty of just trying to have fun and and having dominant sides and you know flying always in in the same direction because that's where I feel comfortable. And flying on the other side feels very uncomfortable, so I don't do it. And so that's why you know I I usually think of how to get out of trouble if if something happens when I'm doing this maneuver. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a really big thing. You know that 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 is a big thing. I, I've actually been asked that quite a bit. You know how? What's the best bailout? What what helps you like save helicopters from stuff? And yeah, you know it's really just and that ties also in with the focus. You know, like if you're focused really in the in the heli while you're flying and and you're focused in what it's doing and and you know and this also ties in with bailouts is knowing your heli how it's going to respond if you bank really hard to save it or something like that it, it really ties into quite a bit of stuff you know but yeah you know it, it's really how um your focus you know if you're really focused on it you should be you should be always okay and most guys, when they fly, they, they always are. You know, Bert Kammerer, back with the old Smack Talk days when Bert and Bobby were doing those videos, something that Bert always talked about, too, was when you're first trying to translate that over into the onto the heli, plan out what you think your bailout's going to be. Like, for example, Jeremy used the, the example of a pyro flip. What's one of the very yes. first things that we need to remember to do when we're trying to go do a pyro flip and make sure, you know, if, if we're bailing out of a pyro flip, first thing to remember, stop pirouetting. Let go yes, of the left hand stick, is, right? And and that's <laughs> that is a big thing. And that I think is one of the big things where you need to remember, okay, we need to plan this out. Yeah, we might know your orientations and all that kind of thing really super well. But it, you have to sort of think in your head. What is it I'm actually going to do to get out of it kind of thing? And I think Javier, that's what you're trying to, trying to get towards was where and exactly what that bailout might be could be dependent on the maneuver that you're going to do. I remember when I was first trying to learn just inverted, uh, no, I was just trying to learn upright forward flight and, or sorry, upright backward flight, sorry. And just trying to learn how to go and fly backwards upright and my friend the friend that was helping me with it he says well what's your bailout he says your bailout should be just push both sticks forward and that'll give yep. you forward collective Absolutely. and move it move the heli back forward into into a way that you're used to right i yep. i also think too what you're talking about jeremy as well goes a little bit with what augie has talked about with his instinctive flying techniques too and in that 
the idea is to be able to go and do stuff without thinking, right? We need yes, to be able to that. do it without ever thinking of what orientation you're in. And I think that is really the key for a lot of stuff. And I think he's, a, he is correct in some ways of how we focus a little bit too much on orientations. Cause the idea is to forget what orientation you're in and just do it rather than, rather than utter. stop and think what orientation I'm in. It's don't even worry about what orientation you're in. Just do it because you know what to do. That is an amazing point. Yeah. I, I tell this a lot to, you know, my friends and stuff like that. And yeah, I always tell them like, you know, stop overthinking. Yes. You know, if, as soon as you take that heli off, don't think about nothing. Yeah. Just think about the flight, what you're going to do, how you want to do it. But I, I used to, that was actually a problem of mine, actually. Like I would, if I was going to flip the heli, I would always think, oh, okay, it's going to flip right now. Okay. I'm going to have to stop it right here. Okay. I have to make sure I give, you know, just do it. Like, just let it be secondhand nature to you, you know? And that's a big thing for, for me. And actually a lot of guys that I've talked to throughout the years of going to events and then different stuff, you know, they always overthink it. Yep. And yeah, that's a really good point. You know, I, I, the best advice that I can give is just become mindless when you fly. Just let your, let your fingers do and let, and let your eyes like, let your eyes see and then let your fingers just respond to what is going on. But don't overthink it because then you're going to be, you're going to freeze up. And then you're, by the time you actually figure out something to respond to, the, the heli's already an inch off the ground. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a big thing for me, you know, just really when you go out there, just become mindless, you know, just go out there, put the heli on the ground, take it off and then just do what you do. Yep. Yep. And I remember, I don't know, I don't know where he said it, but I, I remember an interview with Kyle Stacy that he said that, you know, once, um, you know, someone called him or text, texted him or whatever and said, hey, uh, can you help me? I, I, I would like to know how, you know, what are the stick movements? To do this maneuver, right? And he said, "Okay, give me a few minutes." So he he uh, left the phone there, went out, took the heli out, started to do it, and came back and came back and said, "Oh, th these are the movements." Because he doesn't think about them, you know, he he just does them. So in order to actually explain to someone how to do it, he had to actually go and consciously think, "Okay, what his fingers are doing," so that he can explain that back to someone else. Because he's got it so ingrained into his muscle memory that he he doesn't think about what you know uh, oh i'm pushing this and and that no he's just doing it you know as you said jeremy i mean yeah. his eyes are just seeing the heli and his fingers are just moving to to do whatever he's wanting them to do so um so yeah that's uh that's that's definitely what needs to be done but of course getting there is always a question right you know how do you get from yeah. th thinking really hard about what you're doing and being very very nervous to you know just releasing yourself and being one with the machine right and uh the answer is just yeah. stick time i mean you just have to you just yeah. have to keep drilling at it and uh and i think that people yeah. like jeremy are examples of that 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 you know if if you work hard enough at it i mean you'll it'll start getting more natural to you and uh and and you know the things that and i and i and i and i and i have yet to to come to that point you know but the things that jeremy can do i mean i'm and you know it's it's really amazing because when I see Jeremy fly, you can see that he's flying. He doesn't really care what orientation he's at. You know, he's just flying around 
and he's flipping the heli and he and, and all of a sudden he's 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 backwards and all of his all of a sudden he's pirouing and and all of a sudden he's tiktoking and then you see that he's getting too close to the ground and then he's he, he you can you can hear the the heli uh, you know you can hear that he's pushing the, the collective really hard to get it to get it back but he's instinctively doing that you know um so it i'm really i'm really impressed always with jeremy flying because the, i can see that he's just flowing right that he's he he just has his orientations so well ingrained into his muscle memory that he's just flying around and and moving the heli in on in all different directions which is what i keep trying to do on on the simulator that's 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 my goal also always to just keep flipping from one orientation to another and flipping to one orientation to another flipping to one orientation and another not really caring about you know, if it what if it looks good, if it's a routine or not, or 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 or, yeah. or or if I'm transitioning from this to that, just just okay, I'm flying this direction now. Let's let's turn the rudder and fly in the other direction. And now I want to go the opposite way. So that's what I'm trying to do. Of course, you know, again, I need much more sim time and, and a lot more talent. But yeah, I mean, that's that's uh, I think that uh, people like Jeremy are you know are examples of that. Of you know, with with enough dedication, uh, I mean, you just have to ingrain that into your muscle memory and the heli and and your and your hand kind of hand coordination will do the rest. Yes, yeah, and thank you, Javier. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, does your dad fly helicopters now too? Um, you know, I uh, I'm slowly getting him in, into it. I um. He flies my Goose Guy a lot, the Goose Guy S2. So he, he likes to hover that thing, fly around. And then I have... So my dad, he, he doesn't really like to move like his other fingers besides his thumbs. So, <laughs> uh, I, usually, so I usually do a lot of like the RPM switching or like it, let's say if he gets confused, I'll flick the safe on for him and stuff. But yeah, my dad flies. You know, he flies he's more of a plane guy. He, my dad, he's always been a plane guy. But he's slowly coming into helis. I'm trying to trying to switch him, <laughs> if you say. <laughs> Bring oh, yeah. him over to the dark side. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, but do you yeah, he, he can fly. Do you work on a lot of your own helis helis then too, or does your dad do some of that stuff for you? Um, he does a lot of my soldering. Okay. A lot of my soldering, like let's say if I need to solder a this um motor wire esc wire or something like that he i'll hey you know that you solder this for me and he'll yeah and he'll do it but a lot of the mechanical stuff you know um yeah i usually do that if i need to change parts if i do settings yeah that's what i do so you're not like some of these other young guys whose dad does a lot of their work for them then no no (laughs) no No, i i i mean it's because if you if you do that then you're really you're gonna be on an island because you're not gonna progress yeah if you really want to get one with your heli i i hated this part but i had to get through it because me my uh my my dad can tell you i was a more a lot more of a flyer i didn't care about maintenance thing i just wanted to fly <laughs> that's me so but my dad he yeah yeah and it's everybody but my dad told me he was like son you got to slow down you know learn you, you you still need help with the fly bar list, you know, take some time to learn that and work on this, you know, and that just kind of grew over the years, you know, and, and you just start learning tips and stuff like that from other people from going to events from, from some good guys, you know, 
but but yeah, that was that's a big thing of mine. You know, I was always I'm more of a flyer than than working on them. Like I know some guys that in this hobby that not they're not really big into flying, but they like working on them and building them and stuff. Yep. Yeah, I know those guys. Yeah. Yeah, for so I'm I'm kind of now more in the middle. Yeah, you know, I like I, I work on my own machines, I set them up myself. But the setting part, you know, due to my low time of like RC heli years and stuff, you know, I don't have that many years into the hobby. So I still I still asked around for some help and, and hey guys, you know, I'm having trouble with this. Can anybody help me out? Or when I go to events, you know, I I'll have some of my good friends, you know, help me out with some settings and stuff that I maybe don't know yet. So start us off then. What helicopters have you got? Right now, I have a Spectre, the Extra Power Spectre 700. Yes. I have, V1 or 2? I have V1. Nice. I have the Tron 5.5 and my Raw 420. And then the Goose Guy S2. And then I'm waiting on my S1 right now. Cool. And yep. then electronics yeah, and, and whatnot? Okay, so I fly um, Sport Servos, Hobby Wing ESC, and then my motors, I kind of just scoured on from X Nova, Scorpion, whichever ones, you know. And, and then Icon, my Icon 2 fly bar list, I fly okay. on Icon, mm -hmm. but uh, I'm planning to switch to CGY actually on my next 700 that I get. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, we're going to, I'm going to give a shout out, uh, uh, a good. I'm going to get a shout out to uh, CGY, you know, good. see how those work. I've never, I've flown on them, you know, Matt Bodos, he let me fly his, my first CGY on his 516. And I really, I fell in love, you know, the way they lock in, the tail. And yeah, so, so yeah, I'm going to give a shout out, uh, a shot to CGY. Okay. And your transmitter? The Futaba 690. That's what I use. Nice. Nice. Yeah, but if for me, you know, there's, they're simple radios, not a lot to them as far as like, because uh, for me, I fly icons, so a lot of stuff is on my computer and stuff. So for the Futaba, you know, integrates perfectly with it. Mm -hmm. Never had any problems. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I, I like the 16iZ too, the way it feels in my hand. It's comfortable, the gimbals and everything. And the 16iZ, I think, could do the forward programming of the 760, right? The CGY 760? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that, that's what I'm running. Have you got sponsors then? Yes, I'm. Um, I'm with Heli Direct right now. Okay. I um, actually just two days ago, I um, I just got sponsored by Torch Servos. Nice. And yeah, and I'm working on some stuff right now with XL Power also. Cool. Good for you. Nice, nice. So, so it was your first air chat, Jeremy. Uh, my first year show was last year. Okay. Okay. So this is, so yeah, this, this one was your second one. My second year show. Correct. Okay. Okay. Um, still, you know, second, second air show, two years flying. And I know that you brushed over it, but, um, because you're, you're a very humble guy, but, um, but you know, I, I, I know that, that there was something in air that is probably why you started landing those sponsorships. So tell us, you know, what, what happened at, at Ercha that was uh, kind of like a big deal for you? You know, not, not a lot, actually. It wasn't, at Ercha, there wasn't a lot. I 
didn't really get to fly a lot at Irsa due to um, my leg injury that I that uh, I had that happened. So I was really stuck on flying and stuff, but but not a lot though. Uh, the sponsorships really came, you know, from me posting, going to events, and then my name getting out there. And I think the big thing was the uh, masterclass competition that I did that was on the Lance channel. That was a, the big uh, that was a big part of it also. But yeah, also the, you know the posting. That's a big thanks to my dad. You know, he always helps me out with my posting and and stuff, making making sure that I'm always up to date with stuff. Cool. Yeah, yeah, Bill's a good guy. But yeah, Bill, 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 Bill. Oh yeah, Bill. <laughs> I love Bill. Bill's an awesome, awesome guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, you know, the, there's um, but yeah, not a lot of near show. You know, this year, this year, yeah, due to my knee injury and stuff, and then. Javier, this actually ties into my my story and your story are not that far apart. You know, my helis also, I was encountering some problems with them. I think, Javier, I told you about my 420 that the night before um, Rico's event, the Shaitan event, I figured out the problem. So, yeah, there, I, I, um, you probably don't know what we're talking about. So, my 420 was having this weird problem where every time I would do uh, pitch pumps, my tail would drift to the left and it was just the nonstop thing. You know, I reset my whole fly barless unit and I was just super bummed out about it. Cause I was like, I, I want to fly this heli, but I, I can't figure out the problem, you know, the tail and the tail won't lock on. I took the heli to Irsha. I had on um, Matthew Kramer, huge thanks to him. Also really took my head off to that guy. He helped me out a lot with it. But yeah, we, we were setting stuff up and we just could not figure out the problem. And then the night before our, the first event, which was Town, I was checking out the 420 because I saw a video of somebody in his, uh, of somebody's 420 and his gains were super low and mine were super high and I wasn't getting any type of wag or nothing. The tail was not responding. And I checked my 420 and would you guys believe that my tail rod, so I don't know if you guys know, so SAB with the 420, so the way the, tail, the way the tail rod is set up is, so you have the rod and then you have the link, the metal piece that goes into the rod. It actually doesn't screw into the rod. You have to epoxy glue it or CA. Javier, I think you know this, right? Yep, yep. And so what happened was that the glue broke inside of the, inside of the rod, so my link was moving up and down Ooh. inside of the rod Ooh. yeah good i'm so thankful that it did not come out completely to where i lose full tail like you know i lose the tail completely and then it goes in but i caught it just in time so so yeah that was a big thing and but yeah you know me and javier kind of like the same stories you know i was just really about to throw the towel with you know like why 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 do i keep encountering problems you know i just want to fly i just want to push my heli to the limits and try out some new stuff in the air and stuff but i was kind of restrict i was really restricted on that and but yeah you know finally the machines are starting to work my 700 starting to work how it is 420 i'm loving that bird javier you see it all the time that's <laughs> that's really a bird one of my favorite birds i, I fly all the time and then my Tron, that's another one. You know, I swapped the motor out on that thing and did some resettings on it. And yeah, you know, everything's back in, back in business now, you know. And 
I, I haven't been doing much lately um, besides maintenance thing now, you know, now that the season is over, pretty much almost over. And yeah, you know, I'm right now I'm more in the maintenance phase of things, you know, doing maintenance, maybe checking like my spindles, screws, everything, making sure everything's set and tight for whenever I fly the next time. But yeah. Cool. So where is it that you're located? I'm located in Plainfield, Illinois. Oh, okay. Yep, Plainfield, Illinois. I live about an hour away from Chicago, the the city, you know, the skyline and everything. That? I live uh, an hour from, from there. Okay. So you're not too far away from Javier then either. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Yeah, just in the opposite direction. So we would, we would, we, to meet up halfway, we would both need to drive about an hour. <laughs> well, that's not too bad. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, but yeah, it's not. Far. I mean, definitely all the all the all the all the Chicago events. I mean, we're we're we've been, you know, these past two events at least we met up. So I'm pretty sure that all around the area. And uh, of course, Jeremy, you need to come down also to ours uh, on on the Swarm Field at Franklin next year. You know what? I I um I think I will. You know, next year hopefully I'll have a, a new machine also set up you know, perfect and stuff like that, that I can bash all summer. And, but yeah, for sure. I, I definitely, me and my dad, were actually just talking about that, you know, next year, next season, we want to start going to more local fields and stuff like that. Seeing, you know, just getting more open with the community, you know, from out here, you know? Yeah. 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 I think that the, the, the overall Wisconsin and Illinois, uh, people have started to get more together and going to each other events. So that's, that's, that's getting to be pretty cool. Yep, absolutely. Do you travel much to events then too, or is it mostly just local events? Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I go to um, I go to Ohio a lot, Indiana. Um, I have not gone to Wisconsin yet, and then yeah, of course, local events, whatever pops up, I'll, I'll usually try to head out to those. But yeah, I travel, I travel quite a bit. You know, for me, like going to Ohio, it's about six hours. Okay. And so yeah, you know, I usually yeah. I'm, pretty scattered out but you haven't traveled long distances where you'd want to fly or something like that yes i have actually um i went down to frank's actually frank's event um the amps fun fly oh cool yeah so i have um i have some family out there in florida they they um they live in orlando tampa but they actually drove up to miami and they picked us up so it was it was a pretty fun event you know had a great time out there makes a lot easier to do something like that when you have uh, relatives nearby yeah, a lot easier. You know? yeah. So you don't have to rent cars. You don't have to find a way to trans, you know, transportation and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So what is it about helicopters versus planes for you then? Well, for me, so planes, uh, since I did them for so many years, they're just kind of like so calm, soothing. So like you can put your headphones in and just fly around low to the ground and stuff where versus helis they give you the adrenaline the the pump that you need and then another thing that i really love about helis is that there's always something new to try mm -hmm. there's always something new to try with helis you know that's the biggest thing you know there's always new stuff coming out there's always new maneuvers that somebody is creating or that that you don't know that you want to get into you know there's always something with helis but for me you know, I, I really like the, the the heli environment you know the community i love the, the rc heli community I'm an absolute fan of it. Everybody helps everybody out due to, 
you know, besides all the drama that usually goes on. <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, I'm a big fan. <laughs> I'm a big fan of, you know, like all the helpfulness and stuff like that. And then as far as like helis go versus planes, yeah, I just love the, the adrenaline that it gives you, you know, the heli going so fast, flipping, and then you always have to be two steps ahead of the heli. That, that's a really fun, it's just fun, you know, really fun. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. So, so talking about events, Jeremy, I mean, which, which events would you, I mean, that you have not attended yet, would you like to go? Um, definitely Spring Fling. That's uh, probably number one. Heli X. Or no, I lied. Heli X and Spring Fling are probably, Spring Fling, sorry, are probably tied. You know, I really want to go to both of those events. Um, what's another one? The Orlando Bird Cameras event. That's a really nice one also that I would like to head out there to. Um, let me think. Is there any other ones? I know there is. There's definitely a lot of them that I want to head out to. Technically, the Orlando Heli Blowout doesn't happen anymore, right? Bert doesn't organize that anymore. Oh, I thought they no. were. I thought this year they were doing. Yeah, they, the win- they changed the Winter Bash. And- yeah, they changed to the Winter Bash. Yes, yeah, I mean it's and- no longer called oh, OHB, okay. but it's yeah. uh, and it, yeah. it's different people that organize it. But you know, it's in the yeah. same place and they're on the same dates. Yeah, but I think Bert helps but yeah, out, those, but he doesn't. Those- he's not the main organizer. Yep. Okay. But yeah, those, those types of events, you know, those are, cause you know, they're really a uh, long distance for me. Yeah. And so <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> not all the time. Yeah. Not all the time I can head out to places like that, but those are definitely some that I'd in the future for sure. Looking forward to, to heading out there. Yeah. Heli X is one I think I'd like to check out sometime. Absolutely. Yeah. I, a lot of my teammates go out to that, you know, from Heli direct. And then they always tell me, you know, man, that event, it was fun. I heard that this year, this year's Heli X was a little bit of a bust, not too much. Oh, see, I heard the opposite. Of, well, because the rain Friday, um, Friday was just a complete wash, or Thursday and Friday were a complete washout. It was just rain on a rain, and then you'd get like a five minute break, and then you'd maybe get a flight in, and then it would come back to raining. But I heard Saturday was absolutely absolute beauty no wind nothing but sun clear skies so yeah yeah but i'm looking i'm looking forward to next year though because i think this year was the biggest at heli x they've had in a while actually with the most number of people in a while and uh sounds like it was oh heli x did you say heli x i'm so sorry did you say yes i said oh i'm over here thinking about spring fling i'm so sorry wondering about that (laughs) no no heli x no heli x the whole those all those days were absolutely beautiful that's all i heard yeah a spring fling i'm so sorry I, i i got a mixed up spring fling was the one that was raining a lot and and stuff yeah, yeah, that that I heard too about sprinkling, but Heliax just that facility. From what I keep hearing about that whole triple tree facility, is just an oh, amazing, amazing place to to go. It and looked amazing. It's, Stuff that you see on movies, type of thing. You know, for me being out here on the west coast, you know, it's it is definitely a big thing for me to get out to anything out to you know central or east, even east, or, well, eastern or or central you know, U.S. And so, to be honest, I would suspect the most I could ever do is probably one big event like that a year. And, of course, you know, everybody knows this year was my first time ever going to Urcha. And it was really? yeah, that uh, was my, like my first time ever going. I loved it. It was absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. Hey, do you um, know, 
you guys might laugh, but I've never heard from a good buddy of mine, Jose Medina. He put it in the best words I can possibly explain. He said that Irsha is basically a Disneyland for for us folks, you know, like <laughs> RC people. I've never heard somebody put it in better words that Irsha is a Disney World for us. <laughs> it's just a week of fun, fun, and then fun. Yeah. The other one I've actually been really curious to try and check out is any of the events at RCHO. You hear so much RCHO. about so many things about what goes on at RCHO. Uh, you know, the people apparently are the biggest attraction is the the everybody is just the most welcoming and friendly people there apparently the field sucks but the atmosphere and the fun that people have i really would like to check out check that out one one yeah. time too that would yes, be I one would that like i would really like to check out but that would be a little bit tougher i think for me being you know out on the west coast of canada be easier it's makes a little more sense for me to go to a bigger event like urcha or heli x or something like that you know yeah, yeah absolutely but it, it would be fun to check out sometime that's for sure yeah, it definitely would be interesting to check out <laughs> yeah no doubt about it no doubt about it so anyways anything else javier um, I think that's it. I think that we banged on on uh, on Jeremy enough. Uh, we picked his brains yeah. enough. So um, no, no, I, I'm good, man. I can stay here all night. <laughs> Hello, I, I can't. No, that's the big thing. You know, I just, I you know, I just that that's a really big thing about me. It's just I love talking about RC. I love talking about the community. I love talking about all that stuff. Yeah, and then also like advice. You know, for me, since I always been asked a lot, I get a lot of crap for sometimes you know like how how is it that you've only flown for two years and you do all of that you know and i love giving out advice you know like to help people out but yeah that's just a big thing for me and i i love doing that well when you're spending five hours a day on a sim i can see that <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're going to get better doesn't yeah. matter you're going to get better <laughs> yeah. you know that actually yeah, you know it's just that actually reminds me years ago uh i met a guy his very first heli was a T-Rex 550. That was literally his very okay. first ever helicopter. And I was there the day he maidened it. He did not build it. Unfortunately, he ended up having somebody else build it for him. But he did the maiden himself. And it was interesting because he had actually spent three months before that spending hours every day on the sim on the sim on the sim before he yep. ever flew his first actual helicopter he spent three yes. months f with several hours focusing on the sim and it was impressive this his okay. maiden flight the very first time he ever actually flew a real rc helicopter he brought the helicopter up into a hover and started doing circuits right away yeah and it was simply yeah, because know, of just all the practice that he had done on the sim yeah and you know sometimes i feel bad for guys because i there is like you know the sim is split in in my opinion directly in half because there is some guys that can't, can't they just cannot use the simulator and then there are some guys that you know they can just sit there and use it like myself you know i can just sit there use it learn from it yeah but i know you know a lot of my friends sometimes they they always tell me that like man i just cannot use the simulator because it, they are true 
I get bored after you know, 15 minutes. Yeah, that's a big one too, you know, and yeah, the boredom, you want to be out there with real, with a real heavy, with real wind, with real gravity, you know. So yeah, you know, I do get at that a lot, you know. So anyways, well, thanks for coming on anyways. No, do yeah. not thank me, man. This was an absolute pleasure. <laughs> this was an absolute pleasure. When, whenever you guys want to do this again, please just hit me up and I'll be more than available. I'll be more than ready. Sounds good. Awesome. So, yep. um, before we wrap it up though, Javier, I wanted to go and mention, unfortunately this, this podcast is going to be coming out after the, uh, the mow down, heli mow down in Virginia, but most people all know about the whole situation that happened with Travis Reyes where he was, well, Javier, I'm assuming you know about that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Where he was in, uh, you know, in, in, out in Australia doing some, um, exercises in a V 22 Osprey and that was that crashed. And I know this event is, or this podcast will be released after the Virginia Mowdown where they're, all of the money that's being raised, they're actually asking people to go and sign up for the, the for the mowdown before, without even, you know, even if they're not going to come. And all of the money raised is going to be going towards the Reyes family. But I wanted to bring it up today anyway, simply because to, I do suspect, you know, bills and things like that are going to be continuing on long after all of this is done here yet too. And so I think we want to still keep remembering them. And I know that there has been... Uh, PayPal stuff set up. I think their their PayPal address for giving to Ninja Raps is uh, is available for people to send money to. And I think there is a Patreon thing that was set up. I'm not positive on that either. There, there's there's a GoFundMe. Um, that's I, what it was. I, GoFundMe. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I listened to Tell Roller today. Uh, yeah, they um, they got a like an eleven minute episode, and they yeah. have all the details there. Of the they put all the links on their description and everything of um, of how to continue to fund these costs for Travis even past uh, beyond you know signing up for the event. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So I just wanted to continue or to encourage people to keep thinking about that and you know pr- uh, contribute if you can. So yes, yeah. yes, that's an excellent point, Darren. Thank you for bringing that up. That's definitely something. I mean, uh, you know, we've been talking about how great this hobby is and how yep. everyone helps each other. And uh, and you're right. I mean, we're we're like a small group of of, of brothers, you know, with with the same uh, with the same passions. Brothers and sisters. There's ladies in there too. Correct. Correct. So it's so it's always it's always hard to to hear when something like that happens. To one of us so for sure yeah. for sure anyone that can continue to help beyond the uh, the proceedings from the event um you know there's the information out there so that you can continue to help yeah yeah keep in prayers and wish them all the best too so yes yes for yes, sure absolutely and other than that i think that's it yep i think that's it so um want to thank uh, everyone for listening to this episode uh, and um, want to thank Jeremy for joining us today. Uh, had, a, had a lot of fun meeting up with him. Thank you very much. Yes. So I think that that'll be it for today. So thank contact you very info. much. Contact, contact info. info. Yes, contact info. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Darren, uh, if someone wants to get in touch with you, how could they do that? 
Well, as I've said many times, you can try Facebook, but don't expect a, a quick response. The quickest way to get a hold of me and best way is uh, rchellydarren at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, Jeremy, if someone wants to get in touch with you, what would be the best way to do that? Um, so I would say number one would be no doubt about it. Facebook for me, at least I am always on Facebook. So that would be number one. Second would be probably Instagram. And then, yeah, those are my main two. And what's your Instagram handle? And then, uh, what's your Instagram handle? Well, your name on Instagram, is it just Jeremy Lorenzo as well? Oh, Jeremy. Yep. Jeremy Lorenzo. Cool. And then there should be a picture of my face. Yep. <laughs> and Javier, how do we get in touch with you? Um, well, yeah. Oh, yeah, Javier, how do we get in touch? <clears throat> well, uh, you can get in touch with me uh, via email, uh, toadiescoil at gmail.com. Uh, you can also get in touch with me via Instagram, toadiescoil as well. Um, also, on you can, you can also comment on my YouTube uh, whenever I push out a... Uh, a video, feel free to comment there. Um, that is uh, tinyurl.com slash toadiescoil, and that'll get you to my main YouTube page. Of course, Heli Freak, uh, which um, has been dwindling in numbers and had an issue with Tapatalk. They no longer support Tapatalk, so uh, so there was some, some drama there as well, but it's still alive, so I'm uh, Coil there as well. So uh, those would be the uh, different means that you can get to get in touch with me. Cool. Wow. And Frank? Once again, guys. Frank, we can just ignore. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Frank you is not here, so, so he doesn't I, get to be mentioned. I, I'm a little disappointed <laughs> that Frank wasn't able to make it on today because I had a special sound that I've hooked into Discord, and I don't know if it's going to get recorded or not, but... Uh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm an idiot. that one is it that one (laughs) nope i don't know did you hear it at all did you guys hear it no i did i did i did did hear it oh okay you gotta listen again because i'm on my cell no you should hear it jeremy let's have a listen again i'm an idiot i'm an idiot i'm an idiot you didn't hear that i think it's because i'm on my cellular no it's because i'm on my cellular device so i think that's the main reason Oh man! Oh well. Okay. Anyway, but it, it will probably go into the recording because I did see your your icon light up, so I think it's gonna come up on the recording. <laughs> oh well. Anyways, take us out, Javier. Okay. So thank you everyone again for listening to us, for putting up uh, with us again, uh, and uh, of course we'll see you next month. Well, not actually see you, but maybe we'll see you at an event, or who knows. But uh, at least listen That's to awesome. us uh, next time uh, on next month. And uh, until next time. See ya. Guys, thank you once again from the bottom of my heart for inviting me on here. I had a wonderful time. Thank you. It was, an, it was good talking with you guys, you know. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for being here, Jeremy. And uh, I'll bid you adieu. Bloopers and outtakes. Bloopers and outtakes. And there was much rejoicing.
had something else in my head. So, yeah. I lost my train of thought now suddenly. <laughs> I <distracted>, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm old. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. Oh. No, 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 no. Go for it, Javier. It'll, it'll come back. It'll come back. <laughs> yeah. I'm completely... I don't know no, what right. happened here. I'm just... Shoot it out the window. <laughs> <laughs> just throw it out there whenever it comes back. Yeah.